Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome back to the Race for the Case. This is the Yahoo Sports College podcast. I am Pat Forty, and I am joined by Pete Thamel, as I always am at the end of the week, so that we can slice, dice, dissect, prognosticate college football games and help make you fabulously wealthy along the way. And if you listen to me, I can slice your 401k, your mortgage, your bank account. I can I can cut all of those things and make them disappear. It's been I've had a magic touch. You have, uh, you've been, yes, a little bit magic in reverse here of late, Peter. I, I will update the, the race, oh. and uh, I, my lead is widening. After oh. a, I went four and two last week. You went two and four, and I believe that puts me up four games on you. Have we, uh, have we agreed to some sort of new scoring system? By the way, these are things we probably shouldn't talk about on the podcast. But I'm just curious. There was, there was some notions thrown out. Now that, now that you've established a big lead and I have to catch up, I'm in favor of a change in the yeah, scoring yeah. system. Basically, this is like a golf <laughs> scramble and you want to press. You yes. I'd like so. to press. Mm-hmm. I'm behind. I'm due like any degenerate. I want to push a little more on the table. <laughs> yes, there you go. Yes. <laughs> I, I I propose this that we just basically double everything for October and then we triple it for November. Oh, it, was, all right. it was a beer per game in September. We make it two beers per game in October. We make it three beers per game in November. All right. That's uh, that's good. So you're, you're yeah. head by four beers? Yep. All right. Yep. I'll, I'll catch up next week. I'm not worried. So, very My sporting of, of me if Mac. I do say. I mean, what else, what more could you ask for? <laughs> There you go. If you need a reason to to lock into Maction, Pete is going to give it to you. Like you need a reason. <laughs> <laughs> like any of us do. Okay. Um, the usual uh, deal here. Five games that we will go head-to-head, and then we will each have our lock pick of the week as the sixth game. And uh, we the, the earlier podcast this week with Dan Wetzel, uh, we talked a ton of federal trial of college basketball. We talked a little bit about – terrible college fight songs thank you boomer sooner so this podcast we're actually going to talk some football congratulations uh to all the listeners who actually want to hear something about football yeah on the and, last pod pat i want to interject that we actually yeah. decided to perhaps set an over under for the astronomical amount that oregon uh allegedly in court was brought up to uh try to pay brian bowen so i set a <laughs> hypothetical over under line at three hundred twenty-five thousand. That may have come out in court throughout the week by the time uh, listeners get our podcast. 
on uh, on Thursday night. But yeah, I just want to I want to let it be noted, and uh, we can we can we can bet a a hypothetical beer on 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 an over and under that you choose, Pat. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm taking the under on that. I'm sorry, I I've, really? I've seen Brian Bowen play. If anybody was going to give three hundred twenty five thousand dollars <laughs> to that kid, they're the worst evaluator of talent I've ever seen. That's like for Phil Knight. That's like me buying you a beer, though. You know, three twenty five. That's like he picks his teeth with three twenty five. Yeah, but somebody on the staff would at some point in time have to say, "Wait a minute, this guy's no good." Yeah, see that the underrated thing about Brian Bowen, who's like decisively mediocre, getting so much money, is they actually played the market really well. Like that's oh, yeah. how sophisticated this thing is. You wait to the end, and people yeah. are there's literally a bidding war for a yeah. completely mediocre player. I, I yeah. saw him play at the uh, NBA pre-draft combine, and he was just decisively average. And that's being yeah. polite. You know, he's out of shape, and he hadn't played, and blah, blah, blah. But, yeah, he had nice hair. That was about the nicest thing <laughs> I could say about Tugs's game that day. Yeah, but, hey, yeah, don't talk Christian – don't knock Christian Dawkins' uh, street sense there. At least no. he, knew how to, he knew how to drive up no. the bidding price. Yes, there's no question. So, All right, let's get to football. Um <laughs> And let's get to the Red River shootout, not Red River rivalry. First of all, it's too hard to say. And secondly, it's too sanitized. It was always called the Red River shootout. I'm calling it the Red River shootout. It's a fantastic game. Love going to cover it. It's in Dallas. It's at the Texas State Fair, at the old Cotton Bowl. Everybody's milling around eating their chicken legs or their turkey legs and their deep fried Twinkies and whatever else. Everybody's hung over because the night before in Dallas is an absolute free-for-all. Uh, half the crowd is in burnt orange, half the crowd's in crimson and cream. It's a heck of an atmosphere. It's a lot of fun. It has not been an absolute must-see game very much lately because Texas has let down its end of the deal. This year, hey, they're both ranked at least. Texas playing much better after losing its opening game to Maryland. And uh, the Longhorns come in as eight-point underdogs. They have played Oklahoma very tough in this series the last five years. Haven't won many, but they played them tough vis-a-vis the spread. Pete, what are your thoughts on uh, Oklahoma-Texas? Well, first of all, I think I've picked every Texas game wrong so far, so I'm hoping <laughs> to keep that uh, keep that streak going. I don't think we picked them against SC, but I definitely got TCU wrong, and I we may have picked them against Maryland in the opener. So anyway, I'm like O for Texas, so I'm gonna I'm gonna continue that way. I I feel like the Longhorns are playing well, and you know. I don't even want to go down the Texas's back trail, but they look they look competent. Um, they did sort of disappear on offense in the second half in Manhattan. I just don't think they can score with Oklahoma. I think Oklahoma's offense is a clear level higher. Uh, the dual threat of Kyler Murray and how Lincoln Riley has used him just in the same creative ways he used Baker and the chunks of yardage. I just don't feel like Texas can score with Oklahoma. And I think Oklahoma ends up winning this like 41-31. Okay. All right. Now that's uh, that's a lot of points. And it wouldn't shock me given the, the caliber of Oklahoma's offense and what they've been able to do thus far. Um I don't know. I'm 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 going to go against you because, like you said, you can't seem to figure out Texas. So I'm I'm going to yeah. take Texas and the eight. If it were seven, I wouldn't. But it's eight, and I think they can make this a touchdown game. Uh, they are doing a better job of uh, uh, winning the turnover battle. Uh, their secondary has played better. They their defense overall, I think, has played better as the season has gone along. Uh, the one weird thing about them, and I noted this in the dash, uh, they have had just these wild swings during games where, you know, for 
a quarter or two, they look phenomenal, and then they look terrible, and they're back and forth. They're all over the place. They were down 24-7 to Maryland. Then they were up 29-24. Then they lost. They were up 21-0 against Tulsa. They barely had to hang on to win. They scored 34 unanswered against USC. They scored 21 unanswered against TCU, 19 unanswered about against K-State, but then had to hold on. Uh, I expect them to play well. I expect it, again, this game, Texas has covered the spread relentlessly in the last few years. I'm going to say they do it one more time. I'm not sure they win, but Texas covers. They played well in this game last year, which gives me some hesitation. I think they lost 29-24. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah, I'm Todd Orlando is as good of a defensive coordinator, big game DC, as you'll uh, you'll find. So I, I don't find much fault with your pick. I just feel like uh, I feel like Oklahoma can rip and run this thing. Well, Oklahoma's explosive as heck, that's for sure. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, it's dangerous to pick against them, I think, in any situation. But, yeah, just – Imagine quickly. how many times you'd have to hear Booner sooner if I'm right about the score, Pat. <laughs> That'd kill me. But, uh, yeah, the spread was nine last year. Oklahoma won by five. Previous year, the spread was 13. Oklahoma won by five. The year before that, the spread was Oklahoma by 16 and a half, and, te- and Texas won. Uh, prior Charlie's to that, best moment. 16 and a half. The spread was five. They, they've covered uh, five in a row. So not 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 bad job for uh, Oklahoma from a or Texas from a betting standpoint. Okay, <clears throat> um, LSU at Florida. They're playing in Gainesville for the second straight year because of the hurricane controversy from uh, a couple of years ago. And uh, Joe Oliva demanded a game be played in Baton Rouge, and the the, the turnaround for that was okay. You're going to play twice in a row in Gainesville, and this is the second one. Um. Florida has played well other than the loss to Kentucky, and maybe that's not a bad loss now. Kentucky's undefeated. Uh, the game is in Gainesville. LSU obviously has answered every question they've had so far. They're 5-0. and They've had a couple of really big wins over Miami and over Auburn. The line is three. Florida home dog, three points. Pete Thamel, what do you think? It's it's a good question. This is a uh, this is as difficult of a game to unwind. I feel like as we've as we've had this year, and we we were saying off air path that it, we're we're getting to the point where like the the odds makers don't leave a lot of you know temptation. You can sit there and scratch your head. I feel like I'm going to take LSU in this game. I just feel like talent wise, they are distinct notch above Florida. I do think they will win like 20 to 17. I don't think they're going to go there and, and, and blow them out. I don't think this will be a high scoring game, but I feel like Florida's limited quarterback play will be even more limited because of LSU's DBs. And uh, yeah, I feel like Joe Burrow has shown us if nothing else, he can figure out a way to get it done. So it's hard to go against him at this point. Yeah. Okay. So hey, you're taking them, but you're giving the three, you're, you're predicted score would be a push but you're taking LSU oh, it's three. To cover? I got it on my Yahoo Sports app is two and a half ah, so okay I don't okay. picking a push would really be uh not good so I yeah. will uh I will take LSU by four though okay all right 21 17 21 17 yeah there you go. this is better I, I didn't give LSU any touchdowns in the Miami game so I'm clearly starting to get a little more generous <laughs> as the season's gone on yeah no, I, your point, as you said, then, and we did discuss this, is it, it sometimes it takes a few weeks for Vegas to kind of figure out the trends and, and what's going on, and usually you don't see those kind of lines that are way out of whack, and they're they're much harder to find here in October than maybe a couple of them were early. 
I'm going to go the other way from you here on this one as well. I am, uh, I'm going to take Florida, I think, at home. I, I think Mullen's got them playing well. Uh, I'm waiting for LSU to lose. Maybe that's a bad stance to take. But I, just, I was thinking the same thing, but I like I they burnt me too many times. Like, right. That always happens to me with West Virginia. I always feel like I wait for West Virginia to lose and then they, they <laughs> go on a run and I'm like, yeah, I I need I need to adjust better. So this is my this is my uh Slim Jim and Red Bull adjustment for Coach O. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Um yeah, so that that's gonna be a good one. That'll be very interesting. Not you know, LSU, if they win this, really has a chance to be the team in October here to watch, as we've talked yeah. about previously. They've got Georgia coming there. They've got Mississippi State coming there. And then in November, they have uh, Mrs. Uh, Alabama coming there, November 3rd. So a lot on LSU's plate in the coming month, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, third game, Notre Dame at Virginia Tech. Irish, you know, one of the more impressive teams thus far, handled uh, Stanford very easily, really, uh, last weekend. Got the good win against Michigan to open the season. A couple weeks in between there where their offense was a bit of a lull, but Ian Book has really energized them. Virginia Tech, weird. Um, they've had some good wins. They won at Duke. They uh, they looked pretty good this last weekend, but they that was after losing to Old Dominion, which is almost inconceivable. Uh, and Virginia they gave Tech, up 49. Gave up 49 to an Old Dominion team that has beaten nobody else. Old Dominion is 1-4, and four and the only win is against Virginia Tech. It's bizarre. Liberty, Charlotte, like some yeah. really bad teams. Yeah, they've got bad losses, which makes Virginia Tech's loss to them is really bad. Uh, but Virginia Tech is getting 6.5 at home in Lane Stadium. Enter Sandman. Enter Pete Thamel with his pick. Exit Notre Dame with a loss, straight up. Ooh, whoa! I'm, take, I'm taking the I'm taking the Hokies, twenty four twenty three. I uh, I like all those points, by the way. But um, and I like the home field advantage, and I do feel like now that there's some film on Ian Book that Bud Foster, even with some of his limited personnel this year, will uh, will will we'll dig up a little scheme. And we've just seen big favorites go to Lane Stadium over the years. I think of Ohio State a couple of years ago. There's a few other examples just kind of uh, melt in the atmosphere. Uh, big offensive line injury for Notre Dame uh, this week. And I just uh, I got a feeling that the uh, Irish luck runs out down there, Patrick. Interesting. Okay. All right. That's Alex Barr. The, the injury to Alex Bars is a big one for Notre Dame's offensive line. Very good player. A very important player. And that, that line has been performing well. So that – I, I can understand, but I, I am not only saying that Notre Dame wins, but Notre Dame covers. And here's my thought on Lane McLean Stadium is the most overrated home atmosphere in college football. Wow. Yeah. I, wow. I, think, I think it's changing a bit under Justin Fuente, but I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give you the home record of the Hokies over the last, let's say, five years. Four and two, three and four, two and four. Five and one, five and one. They haven't gone unbeaten at home since 2008. They always find at least one game to lose, usually more than that. They have not, and when they lose, they don't cover. Uh, they lost as at home to Georgia Tech as a 14 point favorite in Fuente's first year. Last year, they lost to Clemson by 14 when they were only a seven point underdog. Under uh, Beamer, they had some bad, bad losses. They lost. They were nine-point favorite against East Carolina and lost. They were favorite against Pittsburgh and lost. 
They were favored against Duke and lost. So Lane Stadium, yeah, a lot of nice talk about it, but I don't see it actually factoring in. So I'm going to say Notre Dame keeps riding plan B, Ian Book, and keeps rolling, comes out of there with the victory by seven, gets the cover. All right. Okay. Uh, There's going to be some set. This is going to be a separation Saturday for you. It, it really is. It really is. Especially since we're double bearing this too. Yes. Wow. Yes. Holy moly. Now I'm nervous. I may be shotgunning like uh, Matt Damon did in the uh, Brett Kavanaugh <laughs> sketch on Saturday night live <laughs> and celebration on the couch late Saturday. <laughs> that, that was funny. It was good. Uh, good sketch. Okay. Arizona state, Colorado pack 12 game Buffalo's the last unbeaten team in the pack 12. Haven't played anybody, but they are unbeaten. Arizona State done pretty well under Herm. Um, lost a close one this past week, or didn't know they win a close one. I'm trying to remember. Help me out, Pete. Arizona State won this week. They yeah. had a uh, they had a a home game against Oregon State. I think they won pretty. Handily. That's right. That's right. It yeah. was close for a while. It was close for a while, and then they they opened it up. Okay, so it's in. Uh, in Buffalo, one of the greatest settings in college football, one of the greatest settings in life, actually, if you just want to go to Boulder. Uh, the Buffaloes are getting – no, giving three. They are a three-point favorite at Folsom Field. Your pick. You know, I got to watch a good amount of uh, Colorado on Friday night against the uh, hapless UCLA Bruins, and I got to admit, I, I took a little shine to the Buffaloes, Pat. Uh, yeah. LaVisca Chanel, who I give you a lot of credit for, you identified him very early on the podcast this year as a uh, as an impact player, is, wow, something to watch. Holy gosh. Is he talented, skilled, explosive, ball skills, everything you want, a receiver. Montez is a nice dual threat, manage the game. Like, really, they're, they, they were fun to uh, to watch there. And I feel like... The combination of the atmosphere, you could tell that place is rocking last week and it'll go again this week, um, combined with uh, with a little bit of pop. I'm going to take the uh, take the Buffaloes to roll. Yep, yep. Okay, I'm, I'm going with you. I'm going to agree with you on this one. So that's our first one. We're on the same side. But, yeah, I think for the reasons you uh, articulated there, they, they've got some explosiveness. They've got some some guys that can make some plays. Chenault does lead the nation in both receptions and receiving yards. Uh and throw a little altitude in um, Arizona State. You know they've played well, like I said, but I I just I'd never felt going into the season they were going to be that great. They might have maybe overachieved a little bit when they uh, when they took down Michigan State. Um, they did not just at first at least blow away Oregon State before taking control of that game. Uh, I so they they are zero and two on the road at this point too. They've lost to San Diego State and Washington, so I'm going to say they go to zero and three and the Buffaloes win. All right, last game uh, before we get to our lock of the week. Interesting SEC tilt considering it's Kentucky and Texas A and M. They it's an SEC game they haven't played each other since 1953. So <laughs> there's an expansion special for you here. That it is. Yeah, that it is. Can uh, we get in a Pat? Pat, are the cats gonna win? <laughs> I feel like we've had one every week. So, yeah, got to get that in there. And I will have a, I will have a call for those people. Yes, I all will. right. All right. Uh, we should also shout out to the Stanford uh, women's swimming group too. And hopefully, yeah, this they is are. like the first week we haven't picked Stanford. So. I know. Uh, apologies to them that we're not picking a Stanford game, but the show must go on. Yes. 
Um, all right. So Kentucky A&M in College Station. Kyle Field, you were there earlier. You know it's a great environment. Aggies laying five to the undefeated Wildcats. Your pick. Pat, the Cats are going to win. And they're going to win outright. Kentucky's really good. This is like the one team I feel like Vegas has just been way off on all year. And uh, I'm surprised they haven't caught up a little bit more. Uh, I feel like people in your fine Commonwealth, Pat, uh, have won enough money on the Wildcats this year to buy like cartons of cheese graters. Um, I just feel like, look, I feel like this Kentucky team reminds me of Mississippi State five or six years ago when they got hot under Dak Prescott. Now, I do not think they will like go to number one or two in the country, but it's a veteran team that has been slowly built and nurtured and the scar tissue from losing and growing has built up. And then they, they get the confluence of having a guy like Benny Snell. And then you have obviously some, some veteran guys, especially on defense who come back and there's some toughness there and there's an identity and still a chip. I, I kind of like the Kentucky mojo, Pat. Um, yeah. Uh, that, that Georgia game in early November, like Keeneland is going to be just flooded. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Actually, I'm not sure Keenan will still be open. That'll be they the should question. reopen it. Let's yeah. start that right now. <laughs> they we'll should. get all our horse racing patrons to uh, reopen Keeneland to uh, for the are the cats going to win Derby um, for for November third. Okay, I like it. I like it. That boy, you know what? The Georgia fans love going into Keeneland. Uh, I know that that's uh, there's a ton of them. That's their big tradition is to go in and go to that game and, and hope the Kentucky, the football games at night so they can go sloshed from Keeneland to the, to Commonwealth stadium. Yeah, um, we can have our friend Woj run his horse, uh, at, <laughs> at Keeneland, our friends Woj and, uh, and Duncan actually. Uh, yeah. Can, uh, if that happens, I'll go that game. And, uh, I would hope so. Yes. I would hope so. Yes. The 10 takeaways would be really good after I spent the afternoon at Keeneland losing money and, Drinking, uh, drinking Tito's and soda. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I am not with you on Kentucky. Uh, wow. The cats no. are not going to win. The cats are not going to win. Now the Aggies are going to win Uh big road game, road atmosphere, not going to be easy by any stretch. And here's the thing. Kentucky has really made hay running the ball. They're good at it. Benny Snell's very good. Their quarterback, Terry Wilson is good at running the ball. The number one rush defense in the SEC is Texas A&M. And that's after playing Clemson and after playing Alabama. They have shut down Alabama less than four yards per carry. Clemson less than four yards per carry. So Kentucky, I think if they got to go to the air, Terry Wilson's not really ready for that yet. Juco transfer, an okay yeah, thrower, but he's he's got a little ways to, uh, to go. So I think A&M, Jimbo gets the win at home, and Kentucky – Comes back down to earth. Still having a very good season, but uh, takes an L. It's first L of the season there. All right, Pete, you got a, a lock of the week for me? Pat, I'm going to give you a little maction for my okay. lock of the week. Okay. I am going to take Toledo at home against arch rival Bowling Green. They are giving, according to my Yahoo Sports app, uh, 20 and a half points. Uh, Bowling Green is really, really, really bad. All right. Mm -hmm. And Toledo is decent and is only two and two because they played a uh, pretty, pretty difficult schedule. They went to Fresno for one of those criminal 1030 p.m. Uh, kickoffs. Yeah. And the other night and then Miami went to the glass bowl and won. There's no crime in losing to Miami. I just feel like Toledo's offense is in the top. Uh, oh, they're number 11 in the country. Uh, 45 points a game. I don't 
think Bowling Green's going to be able to score that much. And I know Bowling Green's not going to be able to stop him. So this is going to end up being like a 55-28 to 28 game. And uh, I like the Rockets. To quote Pete Thamel, there's no crime in losing to Miami, but there is a penalty to be paid for picking Toledo to beat the spread against Miami, if I recall correctly. I yes, picked I was... that game correctly. You did not. <laughs> that was very big of you to bring that up, Pat. Just a little <laughs> reminder, a little friendly reminder. So Pete's, Pete loves him some Toledo Rockets, that's for sure. Okay, uh, my lock of the week, I, I have – Gone. I've, I'm four for five. I've gotten the last four in a row, and they have all been road dogs. So I'm sticking with that formula until proven otherwise. I debated between two Big Ten road dogs, Northwestern getting 11 at Michigan State or Maryland getting 17 and a half at Michigan. Mm. I'm going to go with the Terps. Uh, I like them so far. I think they're a pretty good team. Uh, and I They think could Michigan, win that game. Yeah. Like they could win that game. Yeah, that's a big number. It's a big number yes. for a Michigan team that doesn't score a ton. So I, and, I think and let's be honest, Michigan State Northwestern is another good call. That game's going to be like eleven to nine, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. There's no way. Like the over under in that game should be twenty. <laughs> yeah. No. That and Northwestern, the, the worst second half team in America. They can't do anything in the second half. But uh, I'm not Pat touching Fitzgerald that. Gerald enjoyed that part of the dash this week. Ben. That's correct. <laughs> He's on the bus. But no, I'm taking Maryland, laying the seven or getting the seventeen and a half in the big house. We'll see how it turns out. Okay, Peter, the last thing that I I neglected to bring up last week, uh, but our excellent producer Lindsay did remind me. What are you drinking? What's your beer this? We've been drinking this week. That's a uh, that is a that is a very good uh, very good question, Pat. Um, you know, I am going to uh, give the li- give the listeners another little local brew here from Massachusetts. Uh, Whale's Tail Pale Ale, not just because it rhymes. Uh, it is from the uh, Cisco Brewing Company out on Nantucket, and it is a fine lager that all would enjoy. So I will, after I kick your tail this weekend and leap you in the standings, I will Saturday Night Live Brett Kavanaugh style take a Whale's Tail can and shotgun it in <laughs> honor of my victory. We're going to need video of that. I, uh, I no, want to we won't it. actually. Have that, so. <laughs> just, just play the Matt Damon skit. It's there you go. Okay. Well, I, uh, I am, I'm touting uh, one that I had in Columbia, Missouri, when I was there to see Georgia play Missouri and went out to eat pizza with my son. And we both enjoyed a, an incarnation IPA from oh. Four Hands Brewing, which Very is, nice. uh, yeah, St. Louis Brewing Company with a pandas pepper pizza from Shakespeare's Pizza. That's good living. When uh, I read that, I immediately thought of indigestion. <laughs> <laughs> Not a peppers oh, guy. Good stuff. Oh, I'm half no, Irish, man. man. Just think about peppers. It makes me <laughs> Banana peppers, jalapenos, ah. green peppers. Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful. You're the Forrest Gump of peppers. You can stop. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's our, those are our beers for the week. Those are our picks for the week. We have educated you and improved your life immensely. As usual. Uh, Yes. Send us positive reviews and tributes and be sure to subscribe on iTunes and everywhere else so that uh, we can continue enriching your existence. And, I want to uh, know if any listeners have profited from Pat's hot streak. So hit one of us up on Twitter and, and let us know because it'll give us something else for Pat to gloat about other than like an obscure game from three weeks ago that he had to bring up. So There you go. <laughs> I like it. Yes. Tell everybody. Yes. Let us know if you're actually paying attention to our picks and using them for your own... Uh, financial windfalls yes 
All right, everybody. Thanks for listening, and we will be back with our uh, Monday overreaction pod on uh, on Monday. Sure enough. Thanks for listening. Have a good weekend.